top, top, top of the morning to you. This is your girl, you know, Fabulous Frida. Always your host, here to bring you the most on WDGS on your podcast station. And today, 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 I'd like to share with you what the Spirit has to say. I want to roll into part two of this word, fear. Yesterday in part one, I shared some storytelling and self-experiences. But today, I want to share fear, the word itself with you, from a psychological standpoint. And I would like to just share with you what the experts has to say about fear. Because see, when I come to you sharing what the spirit has to say, I want you to have this clarity and understanding that it coincides with the natural as well as the physical. When I talked about fear, there are different types of fear, even in the Bible. And even if you don't understand the perception of fear is more than just the single word fear. There's fear of and there's fear for. When we talk about it in that spiritual arena, then there are things the Bible will even encourage us fear of. And then the other one, I'm sorry, is fear not. So when you look at fear, you have the word in itself that stands alone, fear. Then the things we should carry fear of and the things that we should fear not. So fear standing alone in the psychological perspective is what I want to talk to you about. I'm going to share with you the root word meaning of fear. As it is defined by Wikipedia, fear is an intensely unpleasant emotion. In response to perceiving or recognizing a danger or threat. Let me repeat that. Fear is an intensely unpleasant emotion in response to perceiving or recognizing a danger, a harm, or a threat. Now, fear tends to be a reaction. And that reaction could be to an immediate threat. It can be to an immediate harm. It can be to an immediate danger. And generally what happens when fear sets in depends upon the type of fear. If it's a fear that stands alone, if it's a fear of or a fear not. And mostly the things that are a fear not is from God. And the things of fear of is about God. And when we suffer from anxiety, that generally comes from the single word fear. Because anxiety is when we reach that place of concern where our response is about what may happen in the future. Well, I hope somebody grabbed that. But as we look into the psychological research, and I want to give you this because oftentimes when I say certain things, I'm like yesterday, I'm free flowing, I'm in the zone, I'm in the spirit. And then as the Holy Spirit guides me, teaches me and instructs me to go back and look at it from the flip side. Y'all know about the flip side. (laughs) The flip side is often ignored. If back in the days, if you ever had a 45 record, some of y'all might not know about the 45. It, I used to have a tendency to always listen to the flip side. But I knew a lot of people, they would buy 45 records and they would only listen to the side of the song that was popular and the reason why they bought the 45. But in things in life. Everything, listen, you got to grab this. Every single thing in life should always be simulated in pairs. What do I mean? Look at it from both perspectives. 
Never look at things one-sided, no matter what it is. It's always, as you heard the quote, two sides to every story. Well, there should always be two angles to see everything. That one-track mind is a whole nother teaching. But everything in life should always be examined more than one perspective. Except the truth. Well, I don't know. You may need to look at it twice. Because listen, the reason why I say this is because everything in life comes in two folds. Listen, you got to grab this. Everything, everything in life comes in two folds. Do you know what those two folds are? Well, even though I know many of you are smart enough that's listening to know, I just want to share to those who may not know. The two folds are spiritually and naturally. No matter what comes up in our lives, we should always examine whatever we're dealing with, going through from two perspectives, the spiritual arena and the natural arena. So today, when I talk to you from a psychological standpoint, that's the natural arena. That means that's the physical perspective. That's the part that generates what we do with our bodies and how we intertwine that with our inner emotions. Now, when you look at the spiritual perspective, you want to also examine the same exact thing. Isn't that amazing? You want to know what's going to affect your body and your emotions. And when you look at things naturally, you want to do the same thing. But according to the psychological research, they state that fear is a primal emotion that involves, listen, you got to grab this, that involves a universal biochemical response. And a high individual emotional response. So if you listen to part one yesterday, remember I said that that's something inbreded in every single human being. Now this without me even looking into the physical psychological perspective of it. I was just flowing from what the Holy Spirit had shared with me to flow. So when I back back and give you some backup from a medical perspective, from a psychological perspective, then it should all come into circumference to connect with both your spirit and the natural. So therefore, what is the true meaning of fear? Well, according to this definition from Meredith Webster, Fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. Did you get that? Anticipation, something that we think about in advance. When I gave the example yesterday about the man who could have been a trillionaire, but success, the anticipation of getting that much money feared that individual. And when we look at the awareness of danger, when I even gave the example of my own self for health reasons, I felt I would endanger myself. But there are three types of fears when we start categorizing the word in a single perspective. Listen to this. The three types of fear. Not fears, but fear in a single perspective. Is rational fear, number one, primal fear, number two, and irrational fear, number three. Now, the rational fear occurs when there is a real imminent threat. When you feel this real threatening feeling, you know that don't run into a, a, a burning house. That's, that's a rational fear. Because you made time to rationalize. Yes, you are afraid or to run out of a burning house, but you making a rational decision. That's why I'm, I, I shared yesterday, fear is a word that we should not fear. 
Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. Fear is a word we should not fear. But society, when we don't investigate things, they will tend to conform us to the majority. And I'm a firm believer. The majority is not always right. Hello. (laughs) Now, promo fear. That's that fear what is defined as an intimate fear that is programmed into our brains. Oh, I hope somebody got that. That means your instincts should kick in whenever to alert you. Your brain cannot stop from fearing. And that's why I was sharing yesterday. It's an inbreded ability that is given before we were formed in our mother's womb. And so when we come into the world as human beings, that's part of our body with our brain. We're going to carry emotions and they're going to vary from so many different places. That's why we have so many different conducts in our character. Or should I say so many characters to go along with our conduct? (laughs) I'm just saying Then the third one, which is irrational fear. Irrational fears are the ones that don't make logical sense. And they can vary greatly from person to person. Everybody has some fear. And I said that yesterday and I quote myself. If anybody tell me they've never feared anything and they've never feared anything, I I personally would not believe them. I'm just saying, and I have that free will choice, and you do too. But when we talk about fear, fear really comes to a place of in a mental capacity. Because we have to process things in our mind. This is why it's noted psychologically that fear is in mental health. It says fear is one of the most powerful emotions of mental health patients. It has a strong effect on the mind and body. See what I'm saying? It's a human response, even though it is vital for our survival. It helps us to respond to emergencies or dangerous situations. For example... If there is a fire or we're being attacked, fear would generally guide us what choices to make. Now, you go back to the fear of and the fear not. Because when you look at it, let me just drop this tidbit from a spiritual perspective perspective. It will enlighten you in several scriptures. Matter of fact, I put them in the description box on yesterday's part one. Please review them because it lets you know that the fear of wisdom, that even fear indicates wisdom because you need to know how to rightly divide the the, the fear from the spiritual and from the natural. But this is the amazing part, what I discovered about the psychological part of fear. What is the root cause of fear? Now, you got to get this. You really got to grab this. What is the root cause of fear? That's a question. I'm going to give you a few seconds. What do you think? Let me put it that way. Is the root cause of fear. Now, let's see what the medical, psychological Smart, educated doctors, MDs, has compiled as the root cause of fear. It's a fear starts in the part of the brain. And according to Smithsonian, it is a threat stimulus, such as the sight of a predator, triggers a fear response. In that part of the brain, which activates areas involved in the preparation for your brain motor functions. That even includes in a fight or flight. Fear is embedded in the brain. So when I said yesterday, everybody is given that from before They get in their mother. It's a divine 
insert into our spirit that houses into our body. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. But what is the root of fear? Well, there is in our life a constant state. Let me give y'all the number one reason why they say most people. Now, this this from the medical perspective. What is the root of all fear? Because see, in in the in the, in the scriptural perspective, it says that perfect love casts out all fear. Now, here it is from the medical perspective. It will give it's asking the question to be answered. What is the root of all fear? And it, the answer is this is in our life, a constant state of comparison, competition and the everlasting struggle to be somebody or to be nobody. Which is the same thing. This is the root of all fear. Because it breeds envy, jealousy, and hatred. Oh my God. Let me tell you because I had such a revelatory interpretation yesterday in my spirit. And I was pondering on that word fear. And before I even read this from a medical perspective. I know they were different areas of fear. And you have some people fear, and I thought about this after the podcast, you have some people who fear somebody get ahead of them. You got some people who live in a fear of phobia of somebody living a better lifestyle, somebody with a better hairdo, somebody with longer hair. I mean, it's some of the most jacked up, messed up reasons that some people carry a fear. But when I read this this morning from a medical perspective, you know, it it just came full circle. Because when you got people that's been holding on and hanging on to unforgiveness, and I think I said this maybe about a month ago in a podcast, it's to me, it's the opposite of faith. Because if you don't want to forgive somebody, you don't understand the protocol of faith. When you have the proper faith, and your faith is processed in the proper protocol, you can never sit in unforgiveness. Well, let me just add to that. If you don't understand what you believe and who you believe, because if you believe in the highest God, if you believe in the almighty God, you will always have enough faith to never fall out with folks. Oh, I know that's not correct English, but I'm going to repeat it again. If you have the faith in the most highest God, you will never sit in the seat of unforgiveness. Because your faith to believe in the most highest God will prevent you from falling out with folks. If you fall out with folks, faith is not being activated in the proper perspective in your life. Not to say you don't have faith, but it's not being placed in the proper perspective. Because when you have the faith to say that my God will supply all of my needs, then you don't need to fall out with other folks. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. Let's keep moving about this fear. Now, when you look at what they're saying, that the root of fear is, is a constant state of comparison, competition, and the everlasting struggle to be somebody or to be nobody, which they, in their opinion, is the same thing. That's the root of all fear, the root of it. That's not the activation of it. See, and this is the thing. When we look at life, from both areas, naturally and spiritually, is so imperative as well as important to rightly divide. This why, in my opinion, that a lot of people in this modern day, the X generation, they are very divided and perplexed with even believing wholeheartedly in the God that the old school people talk about. Because people don't know how to rightly divide the word of truth. Because if I say to somebody, well, fear is a part of life and God put it in us, then they may give me a scripture and say, well, God said fear not. Well, see, that's again, 
You got to look beyond and make the combination. Yes, when it say fear not, there are things that God does indicate in the Bible to fear not. But there are also things in the Bible that God said we should fear. So, so how do we fix that? Then we see things from both arenas and we make the proper application at the appropriate time. And we'll, we'll get a better understanding. This is why I'm saying, if you're just looking at always one way, you, 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 you're missing the whole glass. You're looking at a glass. It could either be half considered half empty or half full, but it still has two options. Now, the choice is up to us which way we want to perceive or accept those options. But it still is viewed in two ways. This is why even in relationships, it's always two perspectives. And unless we process what we really need to determine to do, just like I said, when I went through what I went through Monday, I had to take some time and just do me a two day process. Of myself, and I had to see things from both sides and both perspectives. This is the best way to solidify harmony in our lives because when we evade or avoid that, it messes with our endorphins, it messes with our adrenalines, it messes with that part of the brain that becomes that psychosomatic. And we don't want to operate in such a way. Oh, God, help me today that your brain cannot process stuff to create a balance. Oh, my God. But fear is real. It's not just a choice, but you make a choice from fear. Fear is a natural feeling. Listen, listen, you got to grab this. Fear, this is, this is information is from a mental fitness guru. And they say that fear is a natural feeling built into our bodies. Listen, you, did you grab that? Built into our bodies for survival. Fear stops us from getting eaten by lions or touching hot things. Fear is good, but you have to understand that fear is a feeling. Afraid is a choice. And I said, mm. you know, I have to sit back and process stuff. Mm-mm, good. I said, okay. It's still connecting from my original message in part one. It's, it's built into our bodies. And it's built into our bodies for survival. The survival of the fear of or the fear not. Which one are we going to select today? Because neither one of them will ever go away. We should execute both sides. But it depends upon the situation and the circumstances. So what I want to do is say to you that fear can also be powerful. Based on what that mental health guru enclosed in just explaining what I said. Fear can be very powerful. And fear can be placed in the wrong perspective where it can be very damaging. But it's programmed into, listen, now this is something somebody else said that deal with teenagers. This is from a medical, is kids health, HTTP forward slash forward slash kidshealth.org. And their perspective on fear is that it is powerful. And the question is, why is fear so powerful? They pose this to teenagers. So for all of you who have teenagers or kids who may become teenagers, this may be something you want to store in your mental capacity to be able to know how to execute in their lives when they come to you with their fears and their phobias. Instead of saying, well, don't be afraid. That's something programmed according to the medical gurus in this program and to the nervous system. So that means it, you can't take it out your body. And it works like an instinct. They said from the time we're infants, bam, right there. 
I said, mm. But it, it go deeper than that because it's further than that. From the time we are infants, so they looking at it at the physical perspective. We are given, are equipped with the survival instincts necessary to respond with fear. When we sense danger or feel unsafe, fear helps protect us. It makes us alert to danger and it prepares us how to deal with danger. And I just wanted to really hope you absorb that. It is programmed into the nervous system. And I said, wow. How to overcome fear. Now, this this is where I want to share with you when you get to the fear knots. Because the things, the fear of, read those. They're listed in the Dropbox from yesterday. Now, today, because I know this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. Well, you know, Alfredi, you're going to get some controversy because there's a lot of people out there that can pull up a plenty of scriptures where the Bible tells us not to fear. So this is how the Holy Spirit said, well, you need to go back and let people know there's some fear. There's fear, fear of, and fear not. And when we look at it from the spiritual perspective of fear not, then I want to give you from a medical perspective, from an article, 10 ways to fight the fear knots. And what it says is take a time out. Well, that's what I did the other day. And that's the number one. It says it's impossible to think clearly when you're flooded with fear or anxiety. The first thing to do is take time out so you can physically Calm down. Distract yourself from the worry for 15 minutes by walking around the block, making a cup of tea, or having a bath. Now, these are just suggestions. But listen, I had to go into prayer and process. So when I take my time out, it's not just a short time out. But everybody do not have the same leisure as I do to exercise my type of time out. <laughs> but this is the thing. The most important thing is take a step back and examine the things that you have a fear of, a fear, or things that you should fear not. You want to process it. That's the most that let me tell y'all something. The Holy Spirit gave me, I think it was about two years ago. I was awakened and I started processing my thoughts for the day. And the Holy Spirit gave me an entire message that became formulated into a book. It is available on Amazon and I think it's only $7 paperback. And the title of the book is Power in the Process. It's so important to process things in order to obtain your power. And let me share with you why power is always important. And I'm not talking about trying to be a powerful being because who you think you are and how much money you think you have. I'm talking about your spiritual power, how to maintain your spiritual power in your mind, your body, your spirit. That is the quickest book that I have ever written in my entire life. But that book was just given to me like God was just ministering to me and the Holy Spirit. And I just sat up in my bed with pencil and paper and just start writing. And the results came out to be the book, Power in the Process. It's good to process things. You want to process things. And I'm going to tell you to me why I believe it's one of our greatest powers, process. It's because it solidifies us to be kind to be patient, to be appreciative, to understanding, to be able to forgive, to love unconditionally. You must understand that processing all of our conduct and characters is what empowers us. It determines whether or not we have the ability to make sound, rational, and wise decisions. This when we get back to th that God says. 
Godly fear is wisdom. But we must process it to get that power to perceive what I'm saying. Number two, breathe through. If you start to get a faster heartbeat or sweating palms, the best thing is not to fight it. But stay where you are and simply feel without trying to distract yourself. Place the palm of your hand on your stomach and breathe slowly and deeply. The goal is to help the mind get used to coping with panic, which takes the fear of fear away. Now, when I talked about my height on Monday, I had to take a minute and 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 the person down on the golf cart that was looking up at me, I was like, "Okay, should I be embarrassed, or should I just just take a minute and just help my heart rate slow down <laughs> so, <laughs> before I take a step and so sometime, and I didn't know that I should put my hand on my stomach, and I'm just saying these are tips. Hello, keep that in mind. So find you always when you re- when you receive tips and tools. L- let me just drop this tidbit in there. Tips and tools are just that. They're tips and tools. You can't add to or take away. When you receive tools, just look at it in this way. Tools are given to assist us. In the first portion of all my books, I put tools. They are given to assist us. What you may need to fix. What you may not need to fix. You have proper tools that you use to work with. And tools can be of any sorts. They can be pencil and paper. They can be a hammer and a screwdriver. But I'm just saying. So when I talk to you, these are just 10 tips that that were listed that I'm reading to you, and they are from H NHS Inform. NHS Inform. So if you want to Google search it, ten ways to fight your fears. Whatever it, whatever it is that scares you, these are ten ways to help you cope with your day to day fears and anxiety. And it says these tips are for people who are coping with everyday fears. If you have been diagnosed with the anxiety related condition and they give you another link where you can see a generalized list of anxiety uh, ways to combat that disorder. But today I just want to stick with addressing the fear. So number two was breathe through panic. Number three, face your fears. Avoiding fears only make them scarier. Whatever you fear, if you face it, it should start to fade or at least you won't feel the anxiety. If you panic one day, getting into a lift, for example, it's best to get back into the lift the next day. Now, I know I've heard people say that like when a person has a car wreck or if a person almost drowned. Now, I'm not saying, listen, that is not my advice. Some things I don't agree with. If your fear has overtaken you, you may want to process whether or not you want to attempt or try that again. Because sometimes it can not only endanger you, but it can endanger other people. And nowadays with these liabilities and lawsuits, you want to really be mindful of how you allow people to be free course with their fears. Don't try to push somebody to do something, especially for medical reasons, because people can do that and take the advice. And then the next thing you know, your company got a lawsuit or you got a lawsuit. I'm just saying, because people can sue you now and they can take the liberty you have. Number five, look at the evidence. It sometimes helps to challenge fearful thoughts. For example, If you're scared of getting trapped into a lift and suffocating, ask yourself if you have ever heard of this happening to someone. Well, we do know that answer. People have. Ask yourself what you would say to a friend who had a similar fear. Again, these are just tips and tools. Number six, don't try to be perfect. Now, I like that one. Life is full of stresses. 
Yet many of us feel that our lives must be perfect. Bad days and setbacks will always happen. And it's important to remember that life is messy. Now, I don't agree with their ending, but I like the fact of don't try to be perfect. And life is full of stresses. But if I had to reword it, what I would say is life is full of stresses. Yet many of us feel that our lives must be perfect. We all will have some bad days at some point in time. We all will have some setbacks that will happen. It's called living. And it's important to remember that life is precious. See, I wouldn't have said messy. That's my version. Y'all know how I like to freestyle something. Number seven, visualize a happy place. I like that one. Take a moment to close your eyes and imagine a place of safety and calm. It could be a picture of you walking on a beautiful beach or snuggling up in bed with the cat next to you or a happy memory from childhood. Let the positive feelings soothe you until you feel more relaxed. Now, I like that. Number eight, talk about it. That's what God led me to do yesterday. After I processed for two days, it happened Monday. I processed Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I said, you know what? I'm going to just come out my shell and I'm going to openly talk about it. I'm going to be beyond transparent, okay, <laughs> if that's a such thing. But I wanted to open myself up, and that's what transparency indicates to many people nowadays. But but even in that, you know, I just wanted to really be clear about sharing my fear. So in sharing fears, it's a number eight. Talk about it. Sharing fears takes away a lot of the scariness. If you can't talk to a partner, a friend, or family member, they say call a helpline such as Breathing Space. And the number is 800-838-587. Or they say you can call the Samaritans. And their number is 116-123. Never seen that type of number before. It said you also, you can also try a cognitive behavioral therapy approach over the telephone. Hello, y'all listening over the telephone with a service such as NHS Living Life, which is where I'm reading this article from. If you would like to find out more about this appointment-based service, you can visit the Living Life website or you can call 800-328-9655. And they are available Monday through Friday from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. If your fears aren't going away, you can ask your GP for help. GPs can refer people for counseling, psychotherapy, or help through an online mental health service such as Living Life to the Full. Now, I don't know exactly what the GP acronyms are for, but in my in my perception, I'm thinking it means you can ask for a guidance person. And and it and, and that guidance person can refer people to you to go to for counseling. Number 9. Simple simple simple. Uh, 101 coming in the door. Number nine, go back to basics. Oh, wow. How important remaining. You know, I think everybody's life should consist of always keeping some basic. I think basic principles should always be the core or the foundation of your inner spirit. Don't ever allow the cares of this world to take you outside of the elements that you get so far with the big head or the book head that you can't keep some basic fundamental principles intact in your life. So when they say, let me go ahead and read what they, they suggest, number nine, 
go back to basics. Lots of people turn to alcohol or drugs to self-treat anxiety. But this will only make matters worse. Simple, everyday things like a good night's sleep, a wholesome meal, or a walk are often the best cures for your anxiety fears. And number 10, which is always top in any of my suggestions, in any of my books, reward yourself. Number 10, reward yourself. It says, finally, give yourself a treat. When you made, when you've made that call, you've never been, you, let me, let me start over. Number 10, reward yourself. Finally, give yourself a treat. When you've made that call, you've been dreading. For example, reinforce your success by treating yourself to a massage, a country walk, a meal, a book, a DVD, or whatever little gifts make you happy. That's number 10. Now, in my book, the first book I ever written, ladies, what did God say? Who are you? But men can also read it with some of the tips and tools. But one of the things I put in the in, near the end of the book is a reward page. And on that reward page, I made several examples that we can do to reward ourselves. And check this out. Hello. 90% of those examples to reward yourself are absolutely things you can do for free. It costs you no money. It's just investing your time to reward yourself. And as my suggestion on reward, I suggest never allow more than 14 days in your life to pass without rewarding yourself in some simple way. 14 days, two weeks. If you are a workaholic or you live your life where you never take time to reward yourself, you should get a pop pop. Because you are a person. And if you go 14 days of putting out and putting out and putting out, then it's time to at least reward yourself. I try to take a reward for myself once a week. And I'm not even punching a clock for 40 hours. I call it my Alfredo day. And on my Alfredo day, I just do Alfredo. I try to do it one day a week. And sometimes it may not be the full day. Just like yesterday, I had a lot to do out and about. I literally had a total of about five places I had to literally stop, get in, get out. So by the time I got home and I prepared me something to eat, because I didn't stop and get me anything, because I had food already ready, I just had to take it out and warm it up. But after I sat there and I had my supper, it's funny because I had to make a phone call another. And then I had some business phone calls to make. So I was talking to the lady and I said, you know, with my uh, renter's insurance. And I said, you know, I said, I feel good because people ask you how you feel. I said, I feel wonderful. I just recently finished my supper. I said, right before I call you, I said, I guess it's supper. I said, but you know, people probably don't hardly use that word anymore. Most people use dinner. I said, I don't know if it's a difference between the two. That may be something I need to Google search and see. What's the difference between supper and dinner? Because you hear dinner so much now. But back in the old school days, I told her people used to say supper. And she started laughing. She said, you're right. You don't hear it anymore. She said, but you know what? She said, I think, and I don't know if she Googled it while we were speaking, but she told me her her, her reasoning for it, it is a difference. She said, I think supper is if you eat uh, after four or around four and before six. And I think dinner is if you eat from six and, and, and up. I said, you know what? Well, I accept that. Because, you know, my spirit bear witness make a lot of sense. I said, so when I said I just finished my supper and it was four o'clock and I said, so that was correct. She said that was correct. So I said, wow. Well, thank you for that. I said, I don't know. I still may Google search it and get some more information on it. But it's just always good. And this is why we must stay open.
open to hear people, open to appreciate suggestions, open to to knowing that there's always going to be two arenas to look at everything from the spiritual perspective and from the natural perspective. Spiritually and naturally will always coexist in the living earth. Now, beyond earth is all spiritual, but on earth is spiritual and natural. But I tell you what ended up happening yesterday. I had a great time talking to the lady. You know, I like talking anyway. So, but I enjoyed yesterday. But when I got home, it was late in the evening. I fixed me something to eat. And after I ate, you know what I said? And after that phone call, I said, the rest of the day, I'm going to take an Afrida day. So from after that call, the rest of the day, I just did me what I felt like doing. Or what I didn't feel like doing. <laughs> and on that note, make sure you take time to reward yourself. Don't work so much that you just miss so many days. Even if you don't do nothing, but just cuddle up with your mate, your spouse, uh, or your children. I'm just saying, your things you learn as you get older, how to appreciate some of the simplicity, some of the basics, you know? And it don't cost you anything but investing what God has already given. And that's the breath of life of time. Because time is granted to all of us as long as we have a breath of life. But you don't have to take money. And then sometime if you need to just get away. I'm going to tell you what I like to do. When I don't want to reward myself with something in my suggestion books and stuff I, I put, sometimes I just go to the park. They have a park. And I just like sitting there and people are pushing their babies in the scroller and, you know, and people are walking for fitness. But I just sit there and I just relax in the atmosphere. There are many things you can do to reward yourself. Just take a break sometime, even at your office. I remember when I worked, and I'm going to put a pin in the podcast because I'm running to my max time anyway. But there were days I used to be at work. And sometimes I just put a sign on the door and I would return, you know, maybe 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. It just all depends on what I need to process. And I would just reward myself because I'm going to tell you why. Listen, I worked in a property business, multi-property, tax credit, and HUD. I did all three. Well, conventional. Conventional, tax credit, HUD, multi-property, senior properties. I, I had a diversity of management experience in the, the, the rental residential business. And in that experience, let me tell you something. Some days can be so overwhelming, and I mean overwhelming, and it depends on what you're pouring out and putting out. And for me, it was all about giving the best quality customer service. I mean, I thrive off that, whether it be on the telephone or face to face. And I received awards every year from management companies. I received awards even from community recognition for the properties, uh, you know, what they call um, appearance, you know, for grounds. And, And let me tell you something. It warmed my heart. Every day to go to work, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, it was just so exhilarating, but it was also challenging because it's very challenging to put on a smile to people that are coming in your office and just be rude, disrespectful. And I have had people that just flat footed, just come stand in front of my desk and curse me out from A to Z. But yet I sat there poised and I asked them, well, what? do you want to do about the situation? Because one thing, I'm a firm believer. Whatever a problem, there's always a solution. Now, we may not like the solution because this person was at the state of eviction and I could not reverse that decision. And I had to let them know that. And because sometimes people get attached to people that work in the office, listen to me, we just work there, okay? That's not our property. And I let her know, unfortunately, I cannot reverse this decision. But when I did give solutions where I could make a difference, you did not adhere to any of them. 
You didn't you didn't you didn't want to do those things. So now it's beyond my control. It's out of my hand. I'll be more than happy to give you the number to the corporate office if you would like to call and 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 discuss with them and see if they have any other decisions that can avoid this. Whatever they instruct me to do, I'll be more than happy to proceed with that. But they knew it was probably not going to be reversed. And they took it out on me. But you know what? When you are in those type of occupations where customer service is executed, you may always get disgruntled people. And how you handle disgruntled people will make you need to reward yourself. I'm just saying. (laughs) Hello. So I've made sure to reward myself. I'm just saying. And sometimes even my family and friends couldn't understand. But hey, I just had to let it be what it was. Because there were certain weekends, no matter how much family wanted me to come, attend and pull me and, 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 and draw me, I just made sure to stick with my reward. And my reward may have been to take me a weekend. And because you don't get but two days, Saturday and Sunday. People don't seem to remember Friday is a work day. You just get off just like you do every other day. But you just don't have to get up early the next morning. But it's still a work day. So Saturday were my days that I only had one day to prepare myself for the next week. And Sunday I would go to church. So I had to insert Reward time for myself, all by myself and to myself. And sometimes you get family and friends, they don't want to receive and accept that because they got their plans. Well, you plan you, but I got to reward me. So never let anybody make you feel guilty for self-rewarding yourself. Because if you've worked hard all week, and I feel it's always fair to love yourself, just like we love God. We love our neighbor and we love ourselves. So when you love yourself, reward yourself. Just like God gets rewards, other people get rewards. But don't ever forget to give yourself rewards. And on that note, may the blessings from heaven flow, flow, flow down into your lives. Meet all of your needs, even the things your heart desires. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. And until the next podcast upload, may this message be downloaded and it resonate to create a transforming by the renewing of your mind, a clean heart and a right spirit. God blessings and you have a fabulous Friday from Fabulous Frida. Thank you. God bless and bye for now.